Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, I I think a lot of us here have been in different situations, whether it's been with sports or uh, commitment levels and different things, where there comes a point where you are confronted with a choice that you have to make. There comes a point where you have to make a decision, am I in this for what it's worth? Am I in it for the long haul? Am I in it no matter what the cost is? Or am I just uh, floating by? Because there's a sense in which a lot of us can come to having a lackadaisical attitude about our commitments to things. You know, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, oftentimes we will, you know, we, we appreciate coaches who with their teams will try to fire up their team and try to get their team to understand, look, are you in it for the long haul or are you in it just for the short term? But if you're in it for the long haul, you need to consider the cost. And we understand it. We appreciate that. In fact, we encourage them because if you're rooting for your team and they're not doing well and you're seeing the team's not, they're kind of sloughing off and they've kind of got a carefree attitude, you want the coach to, to kind of fire them up a little bit and you want the coach to kind of help them to understand that they need to be in it for the long haul, just not for the moment. And there's a sense and there's a reality of that as far as you and I as Christians. And, and I'll be honest with you, I know, because I've been there, we can kind of get to the place, because I've been there, so I'm not talking down to you, I'm talking with you. We can kind of get have a lackadaisical attitude about our commitment to Jesus. And how it happens is, is number one, we can misunderstand who Jesus is. What do you mean misunderstand who Jesus is? Well, you know, we can have this concept of Jesus where Jesus just wants me to be happy, Jesus came to make everything right and everything peaceful and, and he just wants to forgive and Jesus is just love and, and you know and he just wants everything in my life is supposed to be rosy and everything's supposed to work out for the good and, and and you can have you can have these kind of attitudes. In fact, some of you who have those attitudes kind of get shocked every once in a while when things don't go your way. And then you start having a crisis of belief, like, I mean, this isn't the Jesus I'm believing in. And so we can have this lackadaisical attitude. In fact, maybe somebody communicated to you that when you came to Jesus, everything was going to be okay. Then you realize it's not. You know, I think, I think about my life in April of 1985, I came to Christ. I committed my life to Jesus Christ as a freshman engineering student at the University of South Carolina. A year and a half later, as a new Christian, I had a series of events happen in my life that, you know what, if somebody had come to me and said to me when I became a Christian that, Everything's going to be wonderful. I would, I would probably have gone back to them and said to them, you lied to me. That's what many of us have this attitude that, you know, if I get saved, everything's supposed to be hunky-dory. 
And we have this perception of Jesus that way. But I'm going to be honest with you. Like when I'm reading through Luke, like I was reading through Luke this week, I realized, you know what, that is not at all how Jesus came across. Jesus did not come across saying to us that everything was going to be okay. In fact, Jesus said the exact opposite. In fact, Jesus wanted us to consider the cost of what it means to follow him. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about that if I do all these things he's calling me to, I've got to recognize that there's going to be a cost to following him. There's going to be a cost to naming him as my Savior. And the reality is, is that that's where the rubber meets the road. And some people, they can't handle it, and they leave. And so what you're going to see today, you're going to see Jesus. I mean, if you've got this flowery picture of Jesus, I'm going to be honest with you, it's going to be blown away today, not by George. Because I'll be honest with you, I like the flowery pictures of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's the flowery pictures of Jesus that give me comfort when things aren't going well. But these are the words of Jesus. So notice with me what Luke records here. Verse 49, he starts right off. I mean, this is, this is Jesus. I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose I came to give peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. From now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two, two against three. Father will be divided against son, son against father and mother, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Then he said to the multitude, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be a hot weather. And there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it you do not discern this time? Yes, and why even of yourselves do you not judge what is right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you have paid the very last might. Wow. Sweet words from Jesus, right? Kind of thing you want to read when things aren't going right. Say, so, okay, George, what are we going to do with this passage? Well, folks, it's, he's talking about you and I need to consider the cost. So we're going to divide it into three sections here. First of all, we're going to see what his purpose is. We're going to see what the purpose of Jesus is. If we're going to understand that we're going to commit ourselves to something, we really need to understand why Jesus came. We really need to understand his purpose. We need to understand what's going on here with him. So we're going to see that first. We're going to see three points there. Then we're going to see what the cost is. Okay, if I make that commitment to follow him, Jesus said there's a cost that's going to have to be paid. There's a price that you're going to have to pay. And then finally he gives us a wake-up call. 
a wake-up call. So let's notice what he's talking about. First of all, his purpose. Verse 49 flat out says it. He brings judgment. The picture here in the New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament and Old Testament, often of fire, is with reference to judgment. Whenever it talks about God doing something with fire, it is always talking about the issue of judgment. God is bringing judgment. So I want you to notice that Jesus is saying that his purpose in coming was to bring what? Fire on earth. He's not talking about burning the whole place up. He's talking about bringing judgment on this place, on this planet in which we live in. Do you understand? Jesus isn't just here to make everybody flowery and wonderful. Jesus is coming to bring judgment, to deal with stuff. Now part of us says, oh yeah, good, because boy, that person did me wrong, and and all this stuff happened, and God, come and settle this stuff once and for all. And a part of us says, yeah, bring the judgment. Bring it, settle it. Because all of us here have been done wrong, have we not? All of us here have had somebody do us wrong in some way. And we wait for the day when that stuff will get settled. And so he says, I'm coming to bring judgment. Now, we're okay with that, but here's the other problem. He's coming to deal with you too. Because you haven't done right either. He's going to deal with the ones who did you wrong, but he's also coming to deal with you. He's coming to bring judgment. He said, I came to send fire on the earth. And here's what he says. I mean, this is, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's like, I want you to notice, you ever had somebody show up to the job and like, I'm here to do the work. But they didn't really want to do it. You could sense it in their attitude. But then you got others that show up and I'm like, I'm here. Let's get it on. This is the attitude we see in Jesus. Look what he says here. I mean, look at it. I came to send fire in the earth, and here's what he says. How I wish it was already kindled. The heart of Jesus is, is that he wishes that judgment could be meted out right then. Wow. I tell you what, that just blows my whole attitude about Jesus. Jesus is just, and he wants to mete out the judgment. But something else is going on here. Why? He anticipates the cross. Look with me at the very next verse. He's got a key word there. He's saying, I came to bring judgment, and I wish it could even be brought down right now. But the next word is what? But. But. I have a baptism to be baptized with. What baptism? What is he talking about here? He's talking about what he's got to go through, folks. He's talking about the cross that he has to endure. In fact, notice what he says there. And how distressed I am. The human side of Jesus is not relishing looking forward to being hung on the cross. Have you been there? Where you know you have, you're about to do something, you gotta go through something, and you know it's not going to be a pleasant experience. It's like me going to the dentist. And you hear the drills in the waiting room, and you know that's coming for you. But you know you gotta do it. I mean, it's not a pleasant experience. 
He's anticipating the cross here. His purpose is, I'm to bring judgment, but he also understands his purpose is to go and pay the price for us on the cross. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, aren't you glad for that? Think about it, because, I mean, it's scary enough to think that Jesus is going to deal with the junk in my life, and if that's all it was right there, we'd all be doomed. But to also know that, yeah, he, he wants to deal with the junk. He wants to set things right. But he also gives us grace. That's what the cross is. Isn't it awesome? He is anticipating paying the price for every one of us so that our sins would be forgiven. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then notice, here's the reality. Look with me at verse 51. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. Here's where the, Jesus came to divide. Jesus came to divide. You and I see that all the time. Have you ever noticed that? You're all excited about Jesus. You get into a room, you start talking to people about what Jesus is doing in your life, and immediately you're just shocked because not everybody's happy for you. Not everybody's excited about your Jesus. In fact, you might be shocked to find that there are people who are very much antagonistic. Who react. And you're like blown away. Because this Jesus entered into your life and he's done something wonderful. And you're like, what's the deal? See, this is the reality of Jesus. Jesus is not a unifier, folks. Jesus is a divider. Some of you need to write that down. Jesus is a divider. He's not a unifier. Oh, he unifies believers. But when it comes to humanity as a whole, people are going to stumble with Jesus. In fact, isn't that what Paul says later in Corinthians? To the Jews, he's a stumbling block. To the Greek, that is the Gentiles, that's you and I, he's foolishness. He divides. He divides. In fact, it's because of that division that we understand what the cost is. So notice the cost now. He's going to tell us some things here that you and I need to recognize, so that you and I need to grasp. If you're going to make that commitment to follow Jesus, you're going to have to recognize that there's a cost to be paid. You're going to have to pay a price. Well, you say salvation is free by, by faith. Yeah, salvation is free. But if you embrace that free gift of salvation, there's a price to be paid in your life. And see, that's the part that we forget to tell you in church. And we do you a disservice. So you say, what is it? Look with me. Look with me. Verse 51. Do you suppose that I came to bring a peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. From now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two, two against three. Here's what's going on here. Look at the cost. First of all, embracing Jesus results in division. You know what? You pay the price. Jesus... When you get with him, and what happens, it brings divisions. You know what I'm talking about because now you're like the people you used to hang out with? 
They don't want your Jesus. In fact, really, the next point there I want you to see, it will affect family relationships. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, because here you are, you know and love Jesus Christ, but your spouse doesn't. You know, there's no greater, you know, I feel feel for some of our folks here in our church, because I, I realize, I don't understand it, but there is no greater pain that some of you are experiencing than being married and loving someone who doesn't love your Jesus. That's a big pain. That's a big heartache that some of you are carrying. And nobody told you that. In fact, you'd like to cling to it where, where someone will come alongside of you and say, well, well, eventually they'll come to Jesus. There's no promise in the Bible of that. No promise. And some of you have even seen where your own kids reject. And it just rips your heart out. There's no promise. There's no promise that they'll come back. See, do you understand? This is the cost of calling yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. It brings division. Are you considering the cost? Are you considering the cost? See, Jesus then tells us this, moves on, he gives us, he tells us a wake up call. Look with me, verse 54. He says, Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, and immediately you say a shower is coming, so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, There is a, this, there will be hot weather. And there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you don't know the times? Here's the wake-up call. Pay attention to the time we live in, folks. Pay attention. Yeah, I know that there are people saying, oh yeah, Jesus is coming soon, man, things are getting really bad. And and the way they say it is, you know, I, I don't like the way some of them are saying it, but there is a sense of truth in what they're saying, folks. The reality is, is the times are getting bad. Times are getting tough. Times, it is drawing closer to the time when Jesus will come back. Remember, that's what we've been talking about, is anticipating that. Living in anticipation of Jesus doing something. And so, the reality is, is Jesus is giving us a wake-up call. He's saying, guys, this is why I came. I came to bring judgment, and I came to bring grace. But I'm going to divide And the division is going to be taking place in your life. There's going to be a cost to following me. So the reality is, is you've got to wake up. Wake up to the times that you live in. I mean, you're able to discern what the weather is. And, you know, we do that around here. In their day, when the wind blew from the west, they knew it's going to be hot today. Oh, yeah, there's a cloud coming out of the west. Yep. 
Rain? Well, you know, of course, when you're living along the Mediterranean and there's a desert to the east of you and there's moisture to the west of you, when a cloud rises out of the west, yeah, it's going to be rain coming today. I mean, it didn't take rocket scientists to do figure that out. And even us around here, we kind of know when weather's coming. You're out on Kerwinsville Dam and you look along the tree line there and... Boy, there's a big black cloud. Thunderstorm's coming. Going to rain today. Didn't take you long to figure that out. Especially when you know you got your smartphone and it tells you the Doppler radar and it says green headed your way. You know what I'm saying? This is what Jesus is trying to make a point here. He's trying to be facetious with him. Hey, you're that smart to figure out what the weather is. You need to be smart to figure out what the times are that you live in. Figure it out. Wake up. In fact, he goes one step further, and here's what he says. It's, it's almost interesting. Like, why did he add that in there? He talks about a guy, if you look at it, verse 57 through 59, he talks about a guy who's got a problem with an adversary and the whole issue of going before a judge, and he's talking about you need to settle it with him before the judge comes and deals with it because when the judge deals with it, you're going to be dealing with a better price here. I'm like, where did that come from? That's like, does that even have anything to do with what we're talking about here? Yeah, it does. Because here's what he's saying. Settle your differences. Because the judge ultimately here he's talking about, folks, how did he begin this passage? All the way up to verse 54. I came to bring what? Send fire on the earth. What? Judgment. You and I need to get real. And you need to settle your differences. You know, it's probably true that they're in this room this size. You know, we've got so many different people, and some of you are in clans and, and, and family units and everything. The, the, the fact is, the matter is, is, you know, just because of human nature, and I'm not a weatherman, but I do deal with human beings all the time. The probably the reality is is that some of you have got a problem with somebody else here. That's just odds. That's not because I know anything, because normally I don't know anything. And so some of you have got a problem with somebody else. And it's been dragging on. It's going on. And it's, I mean, you're learning to tolerate each other but you've never really settled the issue because you don't take it seriously. You don't take, you don't take relationship problems seriously anymore, do we? Because commitment levels mean nothing. And what Jesus is saying is, is that the reality is, is that judgment is coming. So settle the stuff in your life. That's a cost, isn't it? That's a cost. Because Jesus is saying, if you don't settle it, one day I'm going to settle it. 
it ain't going to turn out the way you think it should turn out. How do we apply this? Because, I mean, this is some serious stuff. This is not fluffy TV show Christianity that we see here. I mean, if I'm going to make a commitment to follow Jesus, it's rubber meets the road. There is a price to be paid. The question is, is how serious are you? So, I mean, I guess the first question is, consider the cost of following Jesus. I'm going to be honest with you folks. Jesus, he could care less about lip service. He could care less about your lip service. And we're good at lip service. I'm going to be honest with you. We we have PhDs in lip service. All of us have been to the university of lip service. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're all graduates here. So let's get, after afterwards we're going to have a group uh, class picture here. So let's get us all together. We'll have a class picture. We're, we're from the class of 2012 Lip Service University. Because the reality is, is we're all good at lip service. We're all good at saying we love Jesus. But I'm going to be honest with you, that's not true. Because we don't want to pay the cost. Are you considering the cost? See, you've got to make your choice. That's the next point there. You've got to make your choice. You know what? Don't don't t- you know I Listen to me folks. Here's where I'm at as a pastor. If you're not serious about Jesus, then quit with the lip service stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. I would rather you be real and say, "You know what? I want to do my own thing." Then sit there and tell me that you love Jesus and be a hypocrite. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? you got to make a choice. i got to make a choice. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself. I mean, how many of you would like it if George was just a big, fat hypocrite? You wouldn't even be here. I mean, that's reality. This is what Jesus is getting to. He didn't come just to do flowery, fluffy stuff, make you happy junk. came to give his life on a cruel cross that you might have the forgiveness of sins, but you've got to consider what that means for your life. So what's our action point this week? How do we apply this to our life? Here's what I want you to do this week. I mean, if you're serious about Jesus in your life, here's what I want you to do this week. Commit yourself to Jesus no matter the fallout. No matter what the fallout is, you commit yourself to Jesus. Because, I mean, there's going to be fallout. Maybe friends won't want to hang out with you anymore. Maybe you're going to be rejected by family. Maybe, maybe the guys at work aren't going to be appreciative anymore or whatever. I mean, there's going to be fallout. But then he told you there would be fallout, didn't he? See, if you're serious about Jesus, if you're serious about Jesus, then you commit yourself to Him, no matter what the fallout is. Thank you for being with us this morning.
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.